0: Well, uh, everyone's expressing their excitement, so it's really good. <laughs> Praise God for that. It, it is. It's wonderful to be able to, to assemble to worship God. It's, it's just, it's, it's not only what we need and what we desire, but it is, it is truly the avenue to carry us on home to be with Jesus. Worship is critical. It is important, and it is uh, valuable to the Christian soul. It is great to see you here. Both you, those of you who are online, those of you who are here today, uh, physically, we thank God for your presence. Let's please go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise your holy and divine name and thank you. We hallow your name because it's already hallowed. Your name, Lord God, is separate and sanctified. we We thank you for allowing us to call you by name. Bless us, Lord God, in our, our reverence to communicate with you the things that are on our hearts. And tonight, as we worship you, we ask, Lord God, that you will clear our minds of worldly thought. Bless us, Lord God, to remember Jesus, your great Son, who died on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary so willingly, not only in service to the Godhead, but in service to us, that we might be saved. We thank you, Lord God, for your mercy and for your care. Please bless us tonight as we hear your word, uh, to receive it with open ears and open arms, and to allow it to make us better people as we serve you in Jesus holy and precious name we pray and thank thee if it be thy will amen John chapter 1 please uh, now that we've been in the book of revelation we've been talking about you know this this book and whenever you hear revelation usually what I think of what we think of and have thought of the end times right and so this word eschatology comes to mind which is nothing more than a fancy way of saying the end times but you deal with so many things in the idea of eschatology, uh, uh, you know, post-millennialism, amillennialism, all the millennial views and thoughts of when it's going to be over. Let's go back to the basics tonight. We'll go back to the basics for just a moment and realize that, well, there will be an end time. But here's something that's important. It's not a mystery that the world had a beginning and that it will come to an end. It's not a mystery at all, right? Genesis, uh, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being by Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. All things came into being by Jesus. We get that through Jesus. We get that. The Godhead created all that we see and hear, things we cannot see or hear or touch. In the beginning. Not the beginning in the sense of God. God has no beginning. But in the beginning of time with humanity. Colossians, please. uh, Chapter 1. With the earth coming to or into its very existence. Colossians 1 and verse 16. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church. And He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that He Himself might come to have first place in everything. And then God reminds us in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 11 regarding the creation and Uh, the beginning of time, when God created the heavens and the earth. Exodus 20, and the verse is 11. And there the Bible says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea, and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day, and therefore the Lord has blessed the seventh day, the Sabbath day, rather, and made it holy. So there came this idea that you know, the end times, the beginning of the, t- the beginning times, you know, is it, do you believe in the gap theory? Do you believe, you know, in the, in evolution? You, I mean, what do you believe in the beginning? God says there was a beginning. And I want to turn to Isaiah chapter 51 because this is very, very important. He said, yes, there is a beginning. There was a beginning of time for humanity, for the earth. And there also will be an end of time. And here's what God says about the earth in Isaiah 51. In verse 6, he says, Lift up your eyes to the sky, then look to the earth beneath. For the sky will vanish like smoke, and the earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants will die in like manner. But my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not wane. This place is coming to an end. But now, Matthew 24. Will we know? Well, will we know the end's coming? No. You will not. And as we're reading the book of Revelation, is that you know that idea that draws us back into this, um, into one of these millennial views of here are the signs of the times. I want to take us back in our thinking to help us remember what Jesus said: there will be no sign. And so, reading the book of Revelation, just if you could remember to keep it in its time, that would be wonderful because then you'll get a better understanding of. The text, But Jesus says, Matthew 24, in verse 36, the Bible says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like in the days of Noah. For as in those days, which were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, they were marrying and given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away so that the coming of the Son of Man, uh, may be. And they will go on and talk about how, how when God comes, you will have, we will have no sign. Yet the book of Revelation gives you plenty of signs. And this lesson tonight is about, is not about revelation, but rather what it's about from this point forward is putting our minds back into the proper perspective. I want to go to Matthew chapter seven. I want us at this point to start thinking about um, the end. The end. If if today were the end, where am I standing? Where am I standing if today were the end? In verse thirteen, in Matthew seven, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And many of those who enter by it. For the gate is small. The way is narrow that leads to life. And few of those who find it. Where am I standing with God today? Or am I standing without God today? Am I am I standing in the narrow gate? Or am I standing in the broad? Where am I standing today? Where are you standing? Where are you spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically? Where are you? In relationship with God. In verse 21. He goes on to say. Not everyone who says to me. Lord. Lord. Will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father. Who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day. Lord. Lord. Did we not prophesy in your name. And in your name cast out demons. And in your name perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What would a person say? Turn to 1 Peter, please, chapter 5. What would a person say if you said to them today, if God gave us the knowledge and said, I want you to go and speak to that individual, and I want you to tell that religious individual that I do not know who they are. How would they respond? How would I respond? Wait, Lord, you don't know me? Look at everything I've done in your name. And Jesus would come back and say, Did you really do it in my name? Or did you do it in your own? Right. Where am I standing in my relationship with God today? And we know that Satan's out there. And he's busy. And in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8, the Bible says, uh, Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion. Seeking. Someone to devour. Seeking. Is he still seeking? Or did he stop? Is temptation still in my life? Do I still not have struggles? Has, in other words, it it may seem like it because the world today is changed and it's, and it's different and for some of us it's harder to get our minds wrapped around the change. Has it changed that much? Has Satan changed his ways? No. He still wants the very same thing, and that is to destroy souls. Am I on the alert? Am I really watching out carefully for my soul? Turn to Matthew chapter 24, please. Or do I just think, well, maybe the end's never going to come. Brethren, it's very critical that we we refocus our minds and, and really honestly and truly take a serious look into our hearts, an investigative look into our hearts, and ask ourselves, where are you spiritually? Where are you? Verse 40 of Matthew chapter 24. The Bible says, Then there shall be two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. I think about, uh, James chapter 4, please. I think about uh, in, in this passage that, you know, on the day when, when the Lord comes back. I don't want to be the one to look over at my neighbor and see my neighbor missing. I want my neighbor to look over and see me missing. but I want my neighbor to go with me. Amen. But the reality is, is that there truly will be some who will look and it's too late. And I don't want that to be any of you. And I don't want that to be me. I don't want to miss heaven's call. The end will come. But am I ready for the end? Have you even thought about the end? Did you realize that today could have been it? But, well, it's not over yet, right? Today could be it. We just don't know because God has never given us a clue. And he will not give us a clue. In James 4 and verse 13, the Bible says, Come now you who say today or tomorrow we shall go to such and such a city and spend year a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. In other words, God says, you know, time is just like that. It just flies. It just flies. It flies away. We're already halfway through this year and some, Right? It's just flying by. And we got so many things to distract us right now. We're so distracted with COVID. We're so distracted with wearing masks. Don't you know Satan says, oh, here's another opportunity. I want to get those Christians thinking about something other and what they ought to be thinking about right Satan's good with that second Corinthians please chapter four Satan is so good about that that Satan is going to take advantage of every opportunity that stands before him and we must keep our eyes open and stay on the alert so that when the end comes God will take us home verse four of second Corinthians chapter four in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. I wonder how many people today have been blinded. I want you to think about what's happened. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. How many Bible studies have we have lined up? We had lined up, so we have Bible studies lined up. But then COVID hit. How many people were so excited about this and about that and then COVID hit? And then it's like, nowadays no one gets, I mean, outside of COVID sick, nobody gets sick anymore. Nowadays, there are no more car accidents. There are no more struggles, right? Nothing else, nothing else is going on. There is no more, this is a secret, but you know this already, there's no more sin going on in the world. right? Nothing's going on except COVID, brethren. We've got to realize that Satan is going to use this as a tool. Don't allow that tool that Satan is using to distract our minds from what we're supposed to be focused on. In service to Jesus Christ, we are still to teach the gospel. We are still to live our lives in such a way that brings glory and honor to God. We are to live through this time knowing that there will be an end to this time and knowing there will be the end. And the end is not this happy love story. You know, we, I don't know, we, you get to those books growing up, I remember reading some of those books, you know, and they lived happily ever after. That's not always true. In fact, that's not really true, is it? Because in between that living, and that love, and that relationship, in between that living, there's a lot of bumps in the road. All the way to the end. In First Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 18, The Bible says, for the word of the cross is to those who are perishing, foolishness. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is foolishness. You realize the beautiful opportunity we have in front of us with this COVID-19? People are thinking about death. What what do we have? We have an answer. We have an open door to say, let me talk to you about Jesus. So do you have to worry about death? Let me talk to you about peace and happiness in this situation. Jesus. Are we taking advantage of the opportunity that is before us? Genesis chapter 19. See, The world is not different. It's the same. Same old people, just, you know, different names and different faces. When when God uh, commanded the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and the two angels went down, it was a very serious situation. And yet, when you think of the end, a lot of people still to this day think, eh, it's just a joke. It's not really going to happen. Jesus isn't really going to come back. Right? Lot's two boys. Those sons-in-laws to be. Lot went and preached to them. And Lot said, we've got to get out of here. Listen to Genesis 19 and verse 14. The Bible says, And Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, and said, up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But he appeared to his sons-in-law to be jesting. They thought it was just a joke. And they perished. And how many folks in the world today think the end time, the end, is just a joke? 2 Thessalonians, please, chapter chapter 1. Those who are not taking it serious, those who maybe have never taken it serious, And it's just a reminder to you tonight of just the basic things. This is very, very serious. And what you are doing tonight is very, very serious. And heaven takes it very, very seriously. And so should we. And the joy of being in the presence of God's people, and better yet, in the presence of God, is very, very serious. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, listen to this doomsday scripture. Verse 5. This is a plain indication of God's righteous judgment, so that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, for which indeed you are suffering. For after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you, and to give relief to you who are afflicted, and to us as well. When the Lord shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord. And these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power when He comes to be glorified in His saints on that day and to be marveled at among all who have believed for our testimony to you was believed that great and terrible day has it been masked has it been covered up as if it's not true it's not real it doesn't exist jesus says there'll be flaming retribution flaming fire to those who do not obey and those who do not believe and so it is incumbent upon us as god's people to share this gospel, Second Peter, please, chapter 3, to share this gospel with the lost and dying world and see the opportunity that is in front of us. I mean, right now you can say this to someone, you can say you do know that, um, you know, there are a lot of people who've died recently of, of different things. I mean, there's still heart attacks and everything else, right? There are a lot of folks who died today. How do you feel? Oh, I feel great. Do you think your death is uh is you know imminent? Is it gonna come one day? Yeah, one day. I'd like to talk to you about preparation for that. Right? I mean they're not gonna just blow you off like they would have, you know, six or eight months ago. Eight months ago they would have blown you off. But nowadays people are thinking about that. It's kind of interesting. I drive down uh, Lake Otis and I and I go past that uh I don't even know what what road it is, but um the COVID testing center. And the lines are long. Every day because people are thinking about something aren't they they're running, they're thinking about something and so it's not just the long line I think about the people's hearts and I go, wow, we have an opportunity in front of us to talk to people about Jesus second Peter chapter three and verse nine the Lord is not slow about his promises as some count slowness but is patient towards you not wishing for any to perish but for all to come. To repentance, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, on account of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning, and the elements will melt with intense heat. What are we looking forward to? Are you looking forward to that day? Not, not the day of, of, of lost soul, but rather the day of the Lord's coming. Are you looking forward to it? I mean, you should be. I am. I can't wait. I'm excited. It's all going to be over. How do you feel? In Christ. The door is open. The opportunity is present. Are we taking advantage of changing and transforming our own minds and our own lives and also helping others to do likewise? First Peter, please, chapter, chapter 4. Are you spiritually prepared to meet God? What a great question. What a great question. Are you spiritually prepared? I mean, it's, this means step away just for a moment from self. And do this uh, this inventory. Look inside. And ask yourself, where are you? And then compare your answers to the Scriptures. And as you read the Scriptures, ask God, please, Lord, show me what things I must change in my life. And then willfully and happily make that transformation. Verse 17 of 1 Peter chapter 4. The Bible says, For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? It starts with us. Are you ready? Someone says, well, I don't want to hear this kind of message. Why not? It's the right kind of message. To wake us up if we're sleeping spiritually. Because that's what Satan wants. Satan wants us to sleep. As the rest. So that we can lose ourselves. No. First Thessalonians please. Chapter 4. No, see there's a glorious end for God's people. There's a glorious end for His people. It is the reason that we are, are striving to serve God. To honor God. To love God. To live for God. There's a glorious end for God's people. We should be happy about that. And excited about that. And that should thrill us. And one day, very soon, we get to go home, brethren, to be with God forever. I mean, that's so exciting. That's so exciting. And our goal should be, in this life, to take as many people with us as we possibly can before we go. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. There the Bible reads, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep. That you may not grieve, as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this way, we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout of the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Think about for just a moment how powerful that is. You see, God is so genius. For some people, that inward motivation isn't God. And and later on, pray God, it, it, it turns into, it transforms into this love for God. Rather, for some, it's the motivation of being able to see our lost loved ones. Those who have Remain faithful and true to God. And you want to see them again. And you want to be with them again. And so God says, I want to give you, I want to give you a motivation. Not only will we be in the presence of God and with God, all of God's people, His beloved faithful, you will be able to be with them forevermore. It's not just being with God. And though that's enough, the idea of being reunited with your loved, beloved, who have gone on before you. Friends, and family, brethren, don't you want to get there? Tonight, if you're not a Christian, we invite you to become one and surrender to God in the waters of baptism. If you're a child of God and, and you're struggling in your faith, we invite you to make it known to us. Tonight, if there's any way that we can help, any way, please make it known while together we stand And sing our song of invitation. Why don't you come?